Hi everyone and welcome to our church service from our parish church of All Saints in the parish of Winscombe and Somerset in Sanford in North Somerset. Whether you're listening in to this service as a podcast or joining us and following along via the video, it's great to have your company as we worship the Lord Jesus together. Hopefully um, you've managed to source one of these, which is a copy of our service order for today's service. If you, can't, if you haven't got one of those in front of you, uh, you can either carry on following along or download one free of charge from our church website, which is www.winsandchurches.org.uk. But for now, we're gonna pause for a moment of quiet and begin our service with a prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, we come before you as your people from wherever we are, listening in or watching and joining in. We praise you, Lord, for all the creative gifts that you've given to your people, for your many blessings, for all the good that people can do when they turn towards you. And Lord, we just pray you bless this service now. Let it be for your praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's begin on our service sheets. The Lord be with you. This is the day that the Lord has made. Well, our first hymn reminds us of the struggle we sometimes have to do good at all times. It is Fight the Good Fight, which today is sung by Claire and accompanied by Robert. we come to a time of reflection and penitence. We have the words of our confession 
on our service sheet. And this is our time to recollect before our Lord God and Creator, before our loving Redeemer, those moments that have caused him and us shame and regret. We bring them before him just now in the full knowledge that our Saviour is faithful and forgiving and welcomes all who turn to him in repentance and faith. So let's pray together. O Lord of life, eternity cannot hold you, nor can our little words catch the magnificence of your kindness, yet in the space of our small hearts and in silence, you can come close and repair us. O Lord of life, grant us your forgiveness for our careless thoughts, for our thoughtless deeds, for our empty speech and the words with which we wounded. And now may Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all his enduring goodness, keep you in life eternal. Amen. And we come to the collect, the special prayer set for today, the eighth Sunday of Trinity. Lord God, your son left the riches of heaven and became poor for our sake. When we prosper, save us from pride. When we are needy, save us from despair that we may trust in you alone, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And we come to this week's Bible reading, which returns to the God of our story sermon series that we've been following over the past week. And this week, our reading is from Genesis chapter 32, and it's read by Richard and Jill. The reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 32, beginning at verse 22. That same night, Jacob got up, took his two wives, his two concubines and his 11 children and crossed the Jabbok River. After he had sent them across, he also sent across all that he owned, but he stayed behind alone. Then a man came and wrestled with him until just before daybreak. When the man saw that he was not winning the struggle, he hit Jacob on the hip and it was thrown out of joint. The man said, let me go, daylight is coming. I won't unless you bless me, Jacob answered. What is your name? The man asked. Jacob answered, Jacob, he answered. The man said, your name will no longer be Jacob. You have struggled with God and with men and you have won. So your name will be Israel. Jacob said, now tell me your name. But he answered, why do you want to know my name? Then he blessed Jacob. Jacob said, I have seen God face to face 
and I am still alive. So he named the place Peniel. The sun rose as Jacob was leaving Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. Well, thank you, Richard and Jill, for that reading. Do you know, sometimes doing the right thing comes at a cost. It is so easy, isn't it, to talk about doing good. But what do we do when doing the right thing costs us or has perhaps consequences for those whom we love? Well, in our Bible reading for this week, we meet a man who faces just this challenge. And believe it or not, there is a link with today's visual aid. We had one last week, didn't we? And today I brought along another one. Now, it's going to be difficult to see on the video camera. And I'll explain for those listening along what I'm holding. I'm just showing it to the video camera here. So this is a bowl and it's got a mixture of oddities in it. It has some clementines, it has some potatoes and it has some onions. No, it's not my rather bizarre lunch. It is indeed a sermon illustration. And there is a link with today's story, Honest. Well, today's Bible story is, of course, about Jacob. We heard that in the reading. He had a dream last time we managed to hear about him. And that dream was of a ladder reaching down from heaven to where he was. It was God reaching out to him personally and changing him from the inside out. Well, much has happened since. Jacob has met his uncle Laban, who had two daughters, Leah and Rachel. Jacob fell in love with Rachel and Laban agreed to their marriage on the condition that Jacob works for him for seven years. On their wedding day, however, the veiled bride is actually Leah, not Rachel. And Laban tells poor Jacob that he will have to work yet another seven years before he will permit Rachel to marry him. Jacob begins to experience firsthand the deceit he'd been used to dishing out. And he feels the injustice of it, unsurprisingly, probably recalling what he did to his brother Esau so many years earlier. But finally, Jacob and Rachel do marry. And at first, relations with Laban, Laban remain cordial. That's until they prosper. Over the years, Laban increasingly perceives Jacob and his family's prosperity a threat to his own succession. A somewhat wiser Jacob can see what is coming. He knows Laban is not to be trusted. So he and his family escape, taking their rather large retinue with them. Laban, not wanting them to stay, but equally feeling the slight at their unannounced departure, pursues Jacob, eventually overtaking him and confronting him. Finally, they make a peace treaty before God, each agreeing to separate into their own territory. 
which all sounds very good and perhaps the end of the story, but it isn't. It might sound encouraging, it might sound good until we realise the land that Jacob has agreed to inhabit actually now belongs to his brother Esau and has done since Jacob left 20 years earlier. And if you remember, Esau, because of Jacob's deceit, had sworn to kill him when he next met him. So what does Jacob do? Well, unsurprisingly and quite wisely, he sends ahead messengers to greet Esau and assess Esau's disposition. The messengers return and the implication of their words are stark in Genesis chapter 32 verse 6, which says this, we went to your brother Esau and now he is coming, bringing 400 men with him. No wonder, verse 7 tells us, Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. So what Jacob does is to divide his people in two. And I think that's a move to protect at least half of his retinue, to ensure at least half survived in the potential onslaught. But today's Bible reading, which is all about Jacob wrestling, comes on the night before he is due to meet his brother. All Jacob can do is wait in this sort of in-between time, which he does alone. And whilst he's alone, he turns to the person who saved him before, which is the Lord God Almighty. We have Jacob's prayer preserved for us in verses 9 to 11, which says, O God of my father, Abraham and Isaac, I am unworthy of all the loving kindness and compassion and all the faithfulness which you have shown me. With only my staff, I crossed the Jordan long ago and I've become blessed and increased. O oh Lord, save me from the hand of my brother. And these are not the words of a proud man full of arrogance. Jacob has changed, but he, these are the words of a man who knows his misdeeds are almost certainly about to catch up with him. Strangely, after he's prayed, a man appears as if out of nowhere, and they have a sort of wrestling match through the night. What on earth is going on in this Bible passage? Well, the wrestling match is a trial for Jacob. It's a trial, a match between who he used to be and who God was calling him to be. You see, the temptation for Jacob, I think, is to return to his old ways, to employ subterfuge and deceit to gain a win once again over his brother Esau. He knows he's potentially belligerent or he could commit the matter into God's hands, where he would remain much less certain of the outcome. But he and his loved ones might also catch personally the consequences. After all, it's one thing to speak words of faith, but quite another to live them out when your family's life is on the line. In winning the wrestling match, he is demonstrating that he wants to follow God's will. His persistent wins out, 
his persistence wins out and God renames Jacob Israel, which means wrestle with God. Now the next day, Jacob finally meets Esau and Genesis 33 describes the encounter. It says this, Jacob went on ahead and bowed to the ground as he approached his brother. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him and they wept. Much has been said, hasn't it, over the past weeks about Jacob and little is recorded of Esau. I often wonder how Esau must have felt losing his inheritance, exploited at the hands of his favorite brother who now returns in prosperity. Jacob attempts to offer his flocks to Esau, but Esau's reply is simply, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. His reaction to Jacob's return indicates what's in his heart. We don't have much about what Esau says or what he feels, but his reaction, I think, is a guide for us. It is not retribution. It is love. As St. Peter wrote many years later, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. That's 1 Peter 4 verse 8. What Esau did came at great cost. Sometimes we wrestle with doing the right thing because there is a cost associated with it. It requires humility rather than pride. It takes longer, frequently needing persistence and enduring grace. However, God asks us to do it because when we do, we lay the foundation for the long-term good of not just our neighbor, but ourselves. We're doing ourselves good when we forgive and when we love, as well as those that love extends to. Which I think is why St. Paul wrote to the Colossians, bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance, forgive as the Lord forgave you. When we love our neighbor, we create space for reconciliation and peace with those whom we've had conflict, like Jacob and Esau. But we also create space for the flourishing of those who are in need, but beyond our sight. Talking of those in need, but beyond our sight, what about our clementines, our onions, and our potatoes. Well, these onions, potatoes, and clementines are the type of support which we as a church community have been offering during the lockdown via the Elizabeth Ann charity in India. Now we know the pandemic and lockdown has been so hard on many of us, that's true, but how much harder, how much more so on those who are desperately poor. And although doing good came at a cost at a difficult time, the small gift which our church community made went towards lockdown food distributions given by Christians to the poor in rural areas through Elizabeth Ann's charity in India. Thank you so much.
for your part in that. And we have some photos which we're hoping to share on our website of people in India being given distributions of food. So do have a look at those too. We return for now to our service sheets, where we declare our faith in God together. We believe in God the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with his love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We come to a time of prayer, and once again, Richard and Jill lead us. And so we come to our time of prayer. Like Jacob, Lord, we wrestle. We wrestle with our consciences, mulling over things we wish we had done differently. We wrestle with our egos, worrying about our own status in life. We wrestle with you, knowing we don't deserve your unconditional love, ashamed to claim forgiveness for our sins and embarrassed to be loved so much when we don't love others enough. Grant us today that peace of mind which comes from knowing you, your love and your forgiveness and grant that we may go into the coming week with a fresh desire to share your love with one another, obey your laws, and bear no ill to those who would speak or act against us. Let us not fear what is to come, but embrace it, and in doing so, live life to the full in your service. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for our villages, and their community spirit at this time of the new normal. People have worries for loved ones who they cannot see or hug, and worries for money they cannot imagine lasting. We pray for our courage to do the right thing during this time, as we seek to love our neighbour and work for the common good. We are all experiencing the hardships of isolation from our families and friends, but remember especially those in our church and community who live alone and are being denied their normal activities which give them contact with others. Help us to provide the contact others crave but can't enjoy. Lord, in your mercy. Father God, we pray for your church at a time when it is under threat from a bug which closes its doors when they should be open, silences our praise when we should be worshipping you more and calls on your ministers to move outside their comfort zone in order to lead your people in new digital ways. We thank you for those working with Andrew to produce a weekly service and for the large numbers who are hearing your word in a new way. We pray for those who can't join the podcast or video service that Andrew may be able to involve them in other ways. We pray for Andrew himself as he commences life as our vicar while having to operate in unexpected ways, moving among the sick and bereaved to bring comfort in a strange world. Give him your strength, Lord, 
to communicate his vision for your will for us and to carry it forward in the coming months. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we pray in earnest for those of our number who need your healing and comforting hand on them. We remember those bereaved recently who have not been able to hold the funeral they would have wished for their loved ones. Comfort them as they mourn. And for healing, we name before you Sarah, James, John, Jeff, Henry, Celia, Chris, Pauline, and those known only to ourselves and to you, and for all the people who love them. May all feel your arms of healing around them today and be with their families and those who tend them and seek to cure them. We give thanks for all those who are called to heal and care for the weak and the infirm. At this time, we pray your blessing and protection on all hospital, hospice and care workers, as well as research teams trying to develop a vaccine against the virus which will release us from our present bondage. Lord, in your mercy. And now, Father, we come to the beginning of a new week, a week of uncertainty and challenges for many. Help us to go about our daily business with an eye out for those who can do with a helping hand. We believe that with you by our side, we will prevail as good always prevails over evil when you are present. In faith, we pray for you to walk with us step by step, to catch us when we look like falling and guide our thoughts and deeds and words that others may see your love in action. Merciful Father, accept these prayers through Jesus Christ, your only Son, our Lord. Amen. And now let's conclude our prayers with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We come to our final hymn, which is very short, but also very purposeful. The words tell us that Jesus is the name above all names.
come to the end of our service now. Thank you everyone who's been involved in the production, whether behind the scenes or by the, some of the contributions. So appreciative once again of the team ministry we have here in our churches. God bless you all and God bless you for listening. Let's conclude now with the blessing. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of Jesus Christ. May the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you this day and always. Amen.